0: You're starting. You're starting off just laughing. This is how we're gonna start the episode. I just keep going. no, no. Keep this going. Is, this is perfect. So that that like we we begin. You're, before you even begin the welcome, we're like we, we can't even stop. We can't. You were so, this is great. You were so enthusiastic about the countdown. Like what? welcome everyone to the Game of Thrones podcast. I am Preston Jacobs, and once again, I am here. With Carmine Red Team review. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, uh, wait, hold on. Let me do it. All right, all right. All right, all right I got you? it. Just keep going. Just keep going. I'll cut it. No, cut no. It. This
0: is first of all. This is fucking awesome. This is gold. You're not cutting this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, whatever. I will neither do the intro. No, do your do your intro.
0: Do your intro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Carmine of Red Tea Review, and I'm joined here once again by by old man Jenkins himself. I would have Freddy. gotten away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids. <laughs> it was meddling, but whatever. whatever who cares? <laughs> well, Welcome guys, welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast. Today we'll be taking a look at Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall. And as always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider following us on those platforms to get episodes as they're released. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, then please leave us a review, it would help us out a lot. And be sure to leave your thoughts down below on the current episode, we may cover your thoughts in the next podcast. Okay, and uh, you saw that picture about um, comparing the two scenes the first scene from uh, uh, Season 5 where the children are making uh, the first White Walker ever, Mm. and we can see the same mountains in the back there as we see in this episode where the Hound looks at the mountain and he sees that's the arrowhead. Do you think that at some point the lands beyond the wall weren't always a frozen wasteland?
0: Oh, that's certainly the implication. I mean, um, mean, they definitely do the aerial shot of... Of where they are, and it's, it's supposed to be the same shot of, of where the White Walkers are turning the children. Re- remember when they steal Craster's kid, and he brings him back to that circle? To that, oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. circle? Right. I thought that was supposed to be the same thing, that they're, that they're turning this guy to become... They're making him into the, into the Night King, and that was the same circle that he's using to, to convert more people. Write the aerial shot. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I think that's I think that was the implication that yes, that the land of always winter was green prior to the the changing of the of the White Walkers. And we have
1: uh, we're gonna get to the, the 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 episode in a minute, but I I just. Something something that's that's really worrying me about Game of Thrones lately is how like there's still a lot of unanswered questions especially about the white walkers and I somehow get the feeling that they're not going to be answered. Oh, I just
0: never.
1: I just got done. Don't say that. Fuck. <laughs> I just I just I just finished watching The Defenders. Have you started any of the Marvel series? Uh
0: yeah, I am um I watched Daredevil season 1, half of Daredevil season 2. I watched Jessica Jones and I'm uh, mostly through Luke Cage. So I just saw the Defenders
1: and I won't spoil anything for you, but nothing gets fucking answered. Like they leave so much open, but not open to where you like you're hopeful for like a sequel like yeah. They leave it open to the point where it's annoying and they don't like answer a lot of things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Thrones because it's not George Martin doing anymore. It's his showrunners Dave and Dan. And we know for a fact that they are not very good when it comes to original stuff for the series. So it's just, just kind of my worry. <clears throat> well, even, that... even
0: George R. R. Martin purposely doesn't answer all questions in his stories. Like He's very big into, into the mystery. And so he'll answer 75%, 80% um, when you finish a story. But there's definitely stuff at the end where you're like well what about this and he's just no not not gonna not gonna deal with it Um, so no I even at the end of ice and fire all n- no not all the answers are gonna be answered Um not all the answers not all the questions are gonna be answered that's just the way he writes he and he just also doesn't have the time two more books to answer all these fucking questions no 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 sir and certainly not Game of Thrones in six episodes come on <laughs> Come on.
1: All right, let, let's get to the episode. And at the beginning of all these all the podcasts we've done so far, I always ask you the same question. On a scale from 1 to 10, what, what would you give this one?
0: Mm. I I would give this one a
1: 4. I knew you were going to say that. How did I know you were going to say that? IGN usually dick yeah. sucks the show, and they gave it a 6.9, and I feel like that's very fair. Even though the, the episode was, you know, Dumb in some places. I still enjoyed it. It was a fine episode. I, I feel comfortable with it at a six point nine instead of a seven. A seven I feel is way too generous. A six point nine, not bad. I, I recently released my uh, my video, the worst episode question mark, where I try to make sense as to why people didn't like it. Mm. And I saw your review, and I that's something I forgot to put in mind. But you make a lot of sense when you say how in this episode. It's almost as though nothing that happened happened previously in other seasons
0: mattered. Right. Go into that real quick. Well, I mean, it. This gets really back to when we were when we were all burned about um, Terminator Aria. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody was doing theories like, "Whoa, this scene doesn't make any sense." And we, we, you know, we tried to like come up with different different things that would make sense and put everything together. And then when we were when we were actually given the answer, it was just dumb and didn't. Didn't make any sense at all. You know? What was the answer? Arya just healed, uh, you know, automatically. That, and, she wa- and, she was, the and she was walking around. She was walking around the city completely out of character for no reason. Like that's that was the answer. I don't believe you. <laughs> that's no, but yeah, I mean, that's what <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah, but it, yeah, I mean it's strange this episode the the internet's the internet turned on game of thrones on this episode i mean you know i've been i've been screaming kind of alone like uh, me and my fans about how this show like hasn't really made any sense since since season five and season four was definitely a, a a downhill yeah people didn't like dorne and that was a thing um but then you know yeah just There is a point where where it becomes so illogical, where they're where they're so lazy with continuity and basic logic um, in universe. I'm not talking about adapting the book, you know, fuck adapting the book. I don't care. But when you're contradicting previous episodes or, you know, just a few minutes beforehand or just, you know, basic human logic um, and just, yeah, people are finally kind of getting fed up, which it's funny because I'm like, this episode of all episodes, I would have expected an earlier one. but it's for some reason, this one, which actually for had a some lot of
1: reason, no, 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 no. this is the traditional episode. They've made this a thing since season two, where yeah. the second to last episode is that one where, you know, everything gets turned upside down. And someone in my comments section recently said, Dude, this episode did turn everything upside down. The Night King has a dragon. Okay, fine. But that aside, the traditional episode 9, or the second to last episode, it always gives us something we haven't seen before. And this episode, Beyond the Wall, and this is something uh, Phil the Issues guy, his co-host Joe, yeah. said it best. This episode was basically a combination of Hard Home and Spoils of War. Mm-hmm. Every other traditional dreaded episode has always been unique in its own right. If you th- if you sit and think about it, it's been unique. <clears throat> it hasn't been done before. But this one, we've seen this. We go beyond the wall, we encounter snow zombies, and eventually the yeah. Night King, White Walkers. We, we fight them for a bit, get outnumbered, run away, and we see their awesome, fearsome power. We've seen this before, multiple times. That's why... People didn't like it that much.
0: I think it was a. Per- I think that's definitely part of it. I think there's. It was a perfect storm, of mistakes. So on the one hand, like in a macro sense, the mission doesn't make any sense. You know when when, and like I say, I use my mother as the example. And you know when she is, you know calling me on the phone, going, I, I don't understand why they would go north of the wall. And I'm like, <laughs> well, they're supposed to be picking up like. a a white Walker and they're like, yeah, but why? Like, why don't they just go up and look at it? I'm like, well, they're bringing it back for Cersei. And they're like, well, and then my, you know, my mother's like, but it's Cersei. She's crazy. And didn't they destroy her army last episode? Like, like, and it's like when my mom, who's only a casual who like, honestly, like, you know, a few, a couple seasons ago, she was confusing who Ramsey and Theon were like, like, she's not like, you know, <laughs> insanely into the details, but when she's sitting there going, I, this doesn't make any sense. Like why would they be bringing like on that macro sense? And then in these micro senses, like a Raven cannot cross the entire world in a freaking day, you know, in freaking half a day and have her, you know, Danny fly a dragon up, you know, when when you get all of those together like there's no motivation at least with hard home you could say well yeah Jon Snow wants to save the wildlings that makes sense you know so you know and at least with the battle of the bastards you could say oh well you know Jon Snow he wants to save his little brother like those that that motivation makes sense um a lot of other things about the episodes didn't make sense, but the but the you know I, I get the macro motivation. Like Jon Snow wanted to save the wildlings. Jon Snow wanted to save his little brother. Well, There's... okay, for, for the
1: sake for the sake of arguing against you, hmm. just to j- just to do it, I can understand the reason would be, and they should have made this clear, is that you're you're right. They don't need Cersei's help to do this, even though she does probably have more resources than they do at this point that aside she has almost no forces left to defend herself with they don't need her but the time spent fighting her and defeating her for good they would be losing manpower and possible time that they could be spending uniting together and fielding fielding off this threat you know holding off this threat and um while they're holding off this threat in the north, she could come in with an entire mercenary company and just take all the gains that I guess Danny has. Gain that Danny has. All the
0: all the all gain. The ga- all the gain. She has one. She she has Castle oh, of the Rock. What, I mean, whatever. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, whatever.
1: That's... All the gain that she has. <laughs> and uh, I guess you could argue that John, while they're fighting the White Walkers. He doesn't want to turn his back. He doesn't want to turn his back and regret not taking out Cersei or bringing her into the alliance when he had the chance.
0: Right, but you 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 end up with a very long, convoluted uh, motivation, and True. and that's and that's the problem. Is you know, you kind of you kind of need to know why people are doing something in a, in a very clear, concise manner. Like what did these what do these characters want? I mean, this is this is the uh, this is the. The the thing that, that theater people joke about, like they always go, "Oh, what's my motivation, right? What's my motivation?" That's what that's what a a thespian wants to know about his character. What is he? What does he want? And I don't even know what they want. You know, they saw a vision. Some characters saw a vision, and then Jorah wants to maybe impress Danny, and John wants to capture this White Walker for Cersei. It just doesn't seem. Uh, doesn't seem uh, believable.
1: What kind of annoyed me was that uh, director Alan Taylor, he said, and we discussed this for, for a bit, but yeah. he said, I've only looked at one review online, which, what, what was the, what, what, you think someone in your comment section said it was you?
0: No, but it definitely wasn't me. I mean, because his comment was, oh, and they were talking about, like, flight speeds of Ravens, and they'd clearly gotten a protractor protractor out, and it's like, no, you don't have to try that hard, okay? <laughs> like... <laughs> I guarantee you he was probably listening he was probably reading an
1: IGN review because I noticed yeah. on their review like they had like you know distances and shit and Raven whatever <laughs> but, the, but, the, but here's the quote I've only looked at one review online and it was very much concerned with the speed of the Ravens I thought That's funny. You don't seem troubled by the lizard as big as a 747, but you're really concerned about the speed of a raven. It's true that there are time issues, and I'm not actually sure how many kilometers there are between Eastwatch and Dragonstone, but it was a bit dreary to hear somebody who said, I cannot enjoy this episode because, you know, the speed of that raven. Let me just say this. First off, Number one, whoever says they can't enjoy an episode of this show because of a Raven flight speed is fucking stupid and has no business reviewing a television show. That's one. Two, because you can't hate an entire episode based on Mm. one little thing like that. Two... Don't try to defend stupid decisions by throwing dragons into it. I mean, we can believe yeah. a giant lizard that breeds fire because we've seen it before. It's so prevalent in pop culture, not even Game of Thrones, just in pop culture in general, that it's not hard to remove myself to believe in a flying lizard. But to think that a bird can move at supersonic speeds,
0: I don't know, it's, it's a little different. It's, it's, it's disingenuous because we all understand that there's in-universe logic. Mm-hmm. and and when you when you when you violate your own in-universe logic that you've established like that's the whole thing about fantasy right you you first establish a setting with in universe logic and then you play by those rules but you know it's the same it's the same thing where like i mean imagine if I were playing a game of chess and then halfway through the game like I picked up one of my pawns and i like and I just like moved him across the board and I took your king you'd be like well you can't do that and i'm like I'm sitting here with a game where rooks do that. I'm like, but... You'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, the ga- the rules of the game are that rooks can do this and pawns can't. Like, mm-hmm. we've established the rules beforehand. You don't break your in-universe logic. Like, you can't, you know... For, so for him to be like, oh, well, this is a universe with dragons. No, because you fucking established that this is a universe with dragons. Like, you did not establish that this was a universe with fucking supersonic ravens. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> But and it, it, it's and it's not just the one thing. Had it just been the Ravens? No, right. It was it was a fucking pile. Well, let's of let's shit. get into
1: it. Let, first, let's start with Winterfell. Now, I'm ashamed God. to say this, but I don't think this is my fault. I don't remember Winterfell. I've seen this twice: the leaks and the episode when
0: it premiered. And uh, and they I flash. I mean, they went up there like three or four times, and like fucking nothing happened. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean. Like the Arya story about you know Ned, even though, like whatever. I'll, I'll you you watched my
0: review. It was it was it was such yeah. revisionist stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You you showed a clip of episode one. You even counted how long it was until the scene with Bran is shooting the arrow.
0: Oh yeah. I was like, you can't. You 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 don't know what happened. Fucking forty seconds into the fucking episode. You're, you you're fuckers. ridiculous.
1: You're ridiculous. Uh, but Winterfell, I don't remember what happened in it besides Arya and Sansa getting into, like, a tuffle, uh, a scuffle. And, uh well, not even a scuffle. They just get into, like, an argument, I guess, or a disagreement. I, <laughs> I, I keep
0: forgetting. Why is Arya mad at Sansa? I keep forgetting and, that. And that's the thing is you, you, have to, you have to actively forget everything. I mean, for Arya to be angry at Sansa and to say, like, I saw you up on that stage with a pretty dress, like... I'm sorry, I seem to remember a scene in which Ned's head got cut off and she was screaming in pain, like, bawling because her father died. And I also seem to remember a scene in which Ned himself, like, played along with the Lannisters um, and Arya herself played along with the Lannisters at fucking Harrenhal when she was Tywin's cupbearer. So to sit there and blame Sansa for writing this letter under duress when Ned and Arya herself... Did this? It it's so aggravating and mind numbing. Like it's. Not, well, mean, we'll d-
1: keep in mind it's all a part of their plan. I'm. It, it is a part of their plan because, because because they're gonna unveil the plan next episode. Aha! We were trying to get you to let
0: your guard down so we could.
1: But it doesn't make any sense because Arya can kill Baelish at any moment.
0: Right, and is Littlefinger like hiding under the bed in all of these scenes? <laughs> I mean, because they argued on the parapet and in Arya's room. And somewhere else I guess you could say
1: that um, whenever they're arguing they're doing it out in public or to wh- or they're leaving the door open in these rooms, that way someone can be outside spying and listening because we did have that scene where Peter Baelish is talking to some random wench and she's like feeding him information or something and he visib- and he clearly pays her
0: I mean I think you, well, I think what these fans are doing is they're creating a plot that's better than what we're going to see. <laughs> um but yeah for for me for me to think that they had all of these private conversations only for little finger's benefit se- seems pretty weird. But like but but
1: Arya can kill him at any point. I I guess they're trying to lure him out into the open so that when they reveal that they did have him killed there's a reason for it, I guess. It it's it's going to end up being sloppy.
0: It's ridiculous. I mean if if Bran revealed that Littlefinger betrayed Ned, they should just kill him. They didn't they don't need any I mean Arya's sitting here slaughtering lots of people without justification. Why would why would all of a sudden would she want, you know, this full game you know where, you know where they have to trap him here? Why for Littlefinger when she just poisoned all of these Freys, half of them who probably weren't even at the red wedding? So I mean it it none of I mean that would almost be worse if it were all just a big trick.
1: Well, here's the thing. Cersei can pretty much destroy Littlefinger very very easily. And all she has to do is send a letter to Sansa, letting Sansa know that Littlefinger was the one who betrayed Ned. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, but Varys could also do the very same thing. So, yes. I mean, it, this does feel convoluted this does feel like a like a very short shorter version of elena elena's plan to uh <laughs> give a poison to a drunk and then to a little girl then back to her to poison right. someone else <laughs> 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 but yes. uh winterfell i don't know i just i'm just so detached i don't remember anything that's happened i saw the episode what today's wednesday i saw the episode like three days ago is it has it been three days ago is three yeah i mean
0: yeah yeah
1: three yeah. days ago i saw the episode three days ago and i should remember what happened in it regarding these scenes and i just don't i just don't really care that much
0: it, it there's such low stakes at this point because we know all of the characters have plot armor mm-hmm. everything is low stakes like, you know, we just miss season three where we didn't know what would happen to characters.
1: I, I will say this. You know what's the, the biggest fuck you that would have come from, the, from Winterfell this episode that I would not even see coming? Had they had Brienne or Podrick killed. I, I would have oh, like, yeah. whoa, what the hell?
0: God, yeah. And, and that's what's funny is those are fucking tier two and tier three characters, tier four characters. And you'd still be like, oh, thank God they killed somebody. This season they fucking killed. Goddamn, Thoros was the. Is he the. Is he the. The biggest character they killed. No, I I would argue Elena. Ah, uh, Elena. I guess, leftover.
1: Elena or Walder Frey, I guess would it be. That, that depends on who Walder is. Walder the... Frey died last episode last season, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's right. I I just keep forgetting. I always keep forgetting that. But once you felt this time around, I know we're gonna be brief on it. Eh, whatever. I just, I honestly don't remember it that much, and that oh, it's should just, speak yeah.
0: volumes. It just, it, the motivation makes no sense. Like these two sisters fighting. It, it, um, I, it's just hard to imagine two sisters that have been through what they've been through, even if they didn't even like each other in the first place. Um, and they did have a problem with each other, obviously, but at the same time, they didn't have that much of a problem with each other. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: And even if it is the ploy to uh, throw Littlefinger off guard, it's still a it, story-wise, it's dumb. Like writing I mean, a lot wise, of a lot dumb. of us,
0: a lot of us maybe don't get along with our siblings, but at the same time, have had your if your parents both were killed, and you know, and your brother, and then you go back to see like this sibling that you dislike, would you be really accusing the other one of their death, you know, unjustly, or would you, you know, kind of at least tolerate each other or or band together having been through so so much crap it's you know these two it's so it's just not believable that they would be at each other's throats over a, over a letter that wasn't even in winterfell so that <laughs>
1: I know, man, I know, but let's move on from Winterfell, and uh, let's go to Dragonstone. Now, Dragonstone was very brief this episode, and I did, like I said before in our spoiler video, I did like that Danny and Tyrion, you know, they went at each other for a little bit. Tyrion is is weird this season because he's normally the voice of reason, but his decision has fucked her up so badly that, I don't know, is,
0: is there any redemption for Tyrion this season in regards to what he can do? Well a lot of people are saying that like Tyrion has kind of become um this character that just kind of patronizingly uh commands around Danny and that this episode was supposed to be Danny finally not listening to him and, mm-hmm. and coming into her own is, is the idea that's what they were going for, but it didn't really come off that way. It kind of came off like I've got to go save my new boyfriend um <laughs> Rather than, no, I'm the leader, which, you know, because there is a big difference between foolishly flying off to save your boyfriend and making a large political or military decision. Right. Um. And, yeah. So. It it is kind of it is kind of odd. I don't, I don't like how D and D have made Tyrion into the moral the the voice of reason for the past uh, three seasons. You know, he shouldn't. He he shouldn't be that character. He should be the edgy character, right? But uh, somehow he's become this person that that Danny should follow. But um, and I I don't know. This whole season he was just kind of a screw up. So I don't know what they're doing with him. It's been it's been a really tough to read his character now that now that you mention it.
1: Well, when it when it comes time to help John Snow, he's right on the money. I was recently just watching the uh, a short clip about his conversation with Danny. Just go ahead and give Jon the the Dragon Glass. Who cares? And uh, okay, it's fine. When it comes to Jon Snow, he's he's a cool guy. But when it comes to helping Danny out, he's just making terrible decisions left and right.
0: Oh right. I mean, it, and they do address it in the show. Like, is he subconsciously actually trying to sabotage her and and uh, likes his family too much? I mean, it's very. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Obviously, the show actually just forgot the fact that he was watching his brother when he when he jumped into the lake, but or the river. But yeah, he sh- he would have seen you know Jamie's surface, so he would have let his brother escape. Um, it's a shame they didn't film that. That would have been a great scene. It would have been much more interesting. Yeah. So I, they're all just schizophrenic. I don't you know. I don't even know what to say about it.
1: Remember, remember early on in the season where, like, there was the big theory that, uh, that uh, there's a traitor in Danny's camp? Like, how did Euron...
0: <laughs> is Melisandre the traitor? Is... Or Missandei Or not, not Melisandre, tra- it's Missandei. Yeah. Missandei oh, God. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved it
1: if it was, like, Tyrion, who accidentally fucked up, and, you know, he cost him... He actually did cost him the, the Greyjoy allies on top of uh,
0: the Dornish and, and High Garden. Have we even seen Missandei since, um since talking to danny about boys is that the last time we saw her
1: oh no 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 no! i want to say the last time we saw her was after that shortly after that
0: no no she was on the the beach oh it, I, she was she was questioning she was like what's a bastard Was, yeah, that, was I, that one i what's think a that bastard? Was it
1: or it was either episode the spoils of war where i think she was on the beach when Danny was asking John what she should do, I think that's the last time.
0: All right, but silent, just kind of hanging there. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I feel like
1: they had they had to let her go for a little bit so she can go film the uh, latest Fast and the Furious movie. Is
0: she, is she in all of them now? I know she was in one of them. I don't know if they like keep her on as a regular. She was in the last
1: one, and she was in the most recent one, so yeah. I, I know I know that's why they gave Ian Glenn... I think, is that his name, Ian Glenn, the guy who plays Jorah? I know that's why uh-huh. they gave him uh, Dragon... Uh, fuck Dragonstone. That's why they gave him... Uh, uh, what's that fucking thing called? The, the thing that Shireen had. Grayscale. Ga- Grayscale. I know that's why they gave him Grayscale, so he could go film that shitty Resident Evil movie, which fucking sucked. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but Dragonstone, okay. Uh, Dragonstone... I, I liked it. I like it when Tyrion and Dany go at each other. Um I also like the whole discussion What what did of... you
0: think of her outfit? You mean you you mean before or after she decides to go save John? Wait, wait, you're saying they change? Oh, I'm <laughs> talking I'm talking about her, 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 her Thundercat outfit. Oh, you mean the blue one? No, the the white the white furry one, the one they made out of the, the skins of the ghosts. They like <laughs> She she hunted a
1: polar bear and and, and and patched that on herself. Well, I think
0: it was a Siberian tiger on the back, and then it's like I don't know, it's horrible. It was awful. It was awful. Like like like. what well,
1: well, the thing we by the way we got so much shit for what we said in the spoiler spoiler episode where where like where I said like we're not fashion guys, but that was awful. <laughs> I I reiterate, we're not fashion guys. But that was fucking awful. <laughs> uh, but Danny this episode I, Danny had Dragonstone with Tyrion I, I liked that that was that was, that was was a better scenes. but uh, moving on from Dragonstone I know we're going a little quick but the episode sure, sure. in a sense most of it was beyond the wall so the good stuff about the Magnificent Seven was that uh, mainly towards the beginning things we got were pretty good the things that were brought up that we expected to be brought up and in my opinion it didn't disappoint good stuff Gendry took them to task for selling him out Beric and John converse briefly, which was good, and we got Jorah and Thoros discussing their uh, crazy charge during the siege of Pike. We did get some good things in the beginning.
0: I would, I would have, I would have liked the banter. If well, okay, I, you know, I'm a sucker for the banter. I know a lot of people thought the banter was 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 pointless, but I liked the banter. But yeah. I would have liked it knowing if it was going anywhere. The problem is, is, I know that none of it's going anywhere. I know that like, you know, Thor. So. Jorah and, and Thoros had an interesting conversation about, you know, heroism, um, and then Thoros dies. And it's like, will that information about heroism affect Jorah? No. Like, not in any way. Like, knowing that th- this, like, idol of his was really drunk? No. I mean, it was, it was an interesting conversation for a second mm-hmm. per in you know, a little fan service, but at the same time, like, it doesn't affect the plot at all, so it's... You know, it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, that's done. Or or Longclaw. Like, yeah, it's interesting that they talked about Longclaw for a second, but... Um, oh, that's right, with Jorah and Jon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but is Longclaw ever going to be mentioned again, or has Mormont's connection to it? Or, no, it's not. You're right,
1: it's not going to be mentioned again, and who cares? But at the same time, though... We would have complained about it had it not been discussed. We would you know, sure. we, we know our, like, I know myself, I would have complained. No, I'm like,
0: very, I'm very happy they finally brought it up. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I think Jorah's reasoning was bullshit. I think he could have just said, you know, maybe one day <laughs> or he could have just denied it and say, I gave that sword up. Instead, he's like, pass it on to your children. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> that's your house's sword. The one thing I will say that I'm glad
1: they actually cleared up was that apparently Longclaw originally had a bear pommel instead of a wolf one. And I don't yeah. think that was ever uh, revealed in the show until now.
0: Oh, but switching it? Yeah. I forget. I'll have to look back at that. I mean, I, I remember the conversation pretty uh, – but yeah, I have to I have to check if he, if he mentions switching it. But yeah – but but huh. we but I know I know myself and I
1: know you enough to that if they didn't talk about Longclaw being handed over then we would have complained about it so I did like it and I, and and you probably forgot the joke you made a couple months ago when we when we when we discussed the leaks briefly but huh. uh, your joke was uh, your joke was Carmine imagine like if John gives him the sword and he just takes it and says thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, that would be so incredible. <laughs> Thanks, dude. This is awesome. Oh, I've, you know, I really, I always forget. I always, like, I really appreciate this. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: some of the best stuff about it was the banter. But then we get to, like, uh, some of the most ridiculous things. The fact that they could ambush a White Walker scouting party, I thought that was funny. I probably, it, I, I doubt it was meant to be humorous. But I laughed
0: my fucking dick off. Your thoughts? Well, you know, well, you know, they took away all the mysteriousness of, of the White Walkers. All of a sudden, it's a guy in a blue suit. <laughs> um, and he looked like a big fucking chump. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you know, you have these very mysterious... You know, if you go back to the beginning, right? Like mm-hmm. Waymar Royce. And, like, seeing that first White Walker, you just kind of have the image. And then the next time you know i think it's uh, sam cuz we don't see they they cut the fist of the first men fight in the in the show it's it's in the book but um and the next time we see an other is when it attacks sam at at uh, white tree and it's very creepy and you don't really see very much of it uh and then it's still you know the night king and everything he's always a, he's always far away you don't really get a good view and then but in that in that you know, that, that, uh, Valley or, or, uh, I'm not sure what to call it. Um, you know, the, the, the souk, the cliff souk. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, he just seemed like a dude in a, in a cosplay costume. There's well, I nothing, will, I uh, will
1: say this, I, I will argue against this and say the reason the white walkers, because John takes him out, apparently he's taking him out way too easily now. I yeah. want to, I want to argue that the reason the white walkers, are so are such chumps in terms of you know fighting ability and you know their swordsmanship or whatever you want to call that. The reason is because they're so used to fighting shit waddlings with, you know, terrible weapons that I guess you can say they've gotten overconfident. Because in Hardhome <clears throat> excuse me, in the Hardhome episode, we see that uh, the new Magnar then, he's like this big rough guy who agrees to go with John back into the flaming hut where the Dragon Glass is. And yeah. then he, they encounter the White Walker commando or whatever, and he's fighting the guy, and when he tries to use his axe, it shatters, and the White yeah. Walker kills him. So I, I guess you could argue that the reason the White Walkers are being taken out so easily is because they're overconfident. They're used to fi- fighting shit wildlings with horrible weapons, and here comes this guy out of nowhere who has this magical sword. It's unexpected. It catches you off guard, and that moment of being caught off guard can be fatal. So there you go. I mean, I
0: I could, I could, I can see that argument for a white Walker specifically. I think later on when they were fighting the whites and they were taking down three dozen a piece, that that was ridiculous because we actually have previous battles with whites and they were, you know, they didn't go down like here. they were just doing a slice and it would fall. And we've, you know, we had, in the previous fights with them. That's not how they acted. They were very difficult to defeat. Um, in fact, somebody, somebody even said, you know, I, I was getting some messages like, "Oh, I disagree. They're using Dragon and Dragon Glass." Uh, you know, sure, in the book, Dragon Glass doesn't work on whites, but maybe Dragon Glass works on whites in the show. And I was like, well, the problem is, is that we actually have scenes at Hardhome of John stabbing whites with with long claw and then and them not dying them still being very difficult there's there's actually a scene where there's a white trying to get through the wall and he stabs it and he's trying to hold it back with his sword and it's still giving him a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. one white half half trapped in a wall is is giving john trouble and in this episode he's just you know chopping him down left and right like they're you know, Chintari against the Avengers. You know, it's just or battle droids against Obi Wan and Qui Gon, you know, it's just <laughs> they're going down so easily. They're just faceless nothings.
1: That is something you you really can't defend, to be honest. Like like <laughs> I'm trying to think of something, but uh I can't defend it. Uh I mean, I guess you <laughs> let me try, let me try. I guess you could <laughs> argue that the Night King is controlling all of them through his psychic abilities, but because he has to control so many of them that it's difficult to keep them up after one slash
0: of a sword? I mean, so the the argument that a lot of people were using was it was all the Night King's plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah, that, that one. He, yeah, he didn't want to kill them, so he was... He was he was waiting for Danny because he wanted a dragon, and so if he if he killed them immediately, then Danny would fly by and go, "Oh, they're all dead," and then leave, and he wouldn't have his chance. Is, is, so is that he... is
1: that the this, this the theory? By the way, because I've been hearing this theory that like that, uh, is this the theory that Bran is the Night King, or is this the theory that the Night King just planned the whole thing?
0: Oh, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of them floating around. There's, okay. there's, I somebody somebody messaged me. I was going to respond to it in a Q and A about. Uh, is, did the Night King send send all of the visions? Like, is he mm. the one that sent the visions to to the to the Hound and Thoros? And you know, is it all just to get them up up north? What, what you know, was, the, what was
1: getting... the, 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 the the hierarchy, the level hierarchy? You 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 spoke to me about a couple episodes ago. There's warg. Skin changer oh, and then green seer. Oh, skin
0: changer and green seer. Yeah. Is, does
1: green seer? He's definitely a green seer. Then does does green seers what? have the abilities to impart impart visions on other people?
0: Well, I mean, certainly in the book, Bloodraven and Quaithe, and Marwyn and the Shrouded Lord uh, have those abilities. So those those four characters, mysterious characters, have uh, have that ability. Um, the show, you know, has has a lot, you know, many fewer dreams and visions, so it's hard to say. Um, I mean, Melisandre's still getting flame visions. Are they from the children? Are they from the Night King? Are they from somebody else? We don't know. That would be interesting
1: if the Night King is kind of, like, behind the whole thing, giving her the visions. It's not the Lord of Light like she believes. It's
0: the Night King. Right, and, you know, for the book, I theorize that the Children of the Forest are causing all of this trouble by giving everyone visions, causing them to create religion and everybody's religions fight against each other and it's their big scheme to to get rid of humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the show seems to have the White Walkers be a a runaway weapon that the, the Children of the Forest created and the children seem, you know, apologetic about that. Um, Do they seem so apologetic?
1: There's... I did not get that that feeling at all. Huh. I got the feeling that I... they they created monsters and and they they they're kind of like sulking and have to band together with people, to, not even people, oh, just because... just just with the green seer, the just with the, the raven, to to yeah, stop it. Yeah, I guess it. it's
0: I guess it's hard to say because the children said so little and then they were killed off. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the whole the whole
1: idea that the night king. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I do remember in season one, John actually has his, like, like the guys choking John out and he's stabbing him and nothing's happening. But here, one swipe of the sword and they're and they're gone. Yeah, it, it could be possible that the Night King did orchestrate the whole thing, just to get Danny to come in and, and, and do all of this because because he has spears. He could just lob them with his amazing arm at the little uh, little 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 island they were on. Yeah. But he didn't do that.
0: Um so so there there is one podcast that I, uh, I I listen to that I really enjoy and that's it's called Unabashed Book Snobbery and it's done it's done by these uh, people that run a website called The Fundamentals, And they they use a term called honey potting. Anytime you you try to plug a hole in the show um, with uh, with with some crazy theory, it's called honey potting. And it they say it comes from Talisa um they're like why would this strange girl uh from volantis be on a uh battlefield talking to a king this seems like such a ridiculous plot she must be actually a lannister spy you know and so she's she's the little honeypot Mm -hmm. like you know um and so whenever whenever they have a whenever they have a crazy theory to try to to try to plug a, a show a show hole they um they call it honey potting, but the uh, but yeah, so you get a lot of these honey pots, as they say. But the um, uh, but the problem is, is now every time I you know people come up with these clever theories to plug the holes, I immediately go, yeah, but this is a show with supersonic ravens and scuba zombies <laughs> scuba and zombies. Ter- and, Termin- and you know and you know Wolverine Aria, and once I'm reminded of that, I'm like ah yeah, the showrunners. Are not putting this much time and effort into it, so it's. uh I can't. Yeah, I just can't. I can't buy into any of them anymore. Did you did you, did, did you coin that term by the way? Scuba zombies. What? I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about scuba zombies. So 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 what's the joke <laughs> here? That the chain they use to uh, uh, fuck. I always get his name in a different way. I always call him Visceron.
0: Viserion, Viseron, you can pronounce it however you want. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like
1: your pronunciation better. But the joke here is that the chains used on Viserion were, were supposed to be the chains that Tyrion was supposed to use back in Season 2 to stop Stannis' ships from getting away during the Battle of Blackwater.
0: Uh, yeah. That's the joke, apparently. Oh, oh, really? That somehow they got Tyrion's chain and they brought it all the way up? <laughs> <laughs> the scuba zombies, yes. The scuba zombie. oh my god! That's so funny. <laughs> Who came up with that? That's hilarious. <laughs> <The> scuba, <laughs> Who came up with that? The scuba zombies swam all the way down to King's Landing and got the chain? That, that's, oh. that's the theory.
1: That's the that, that's the honeypot theory.
0: <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
1: but okay, so uh, that, that has got to be one of the most ridiculous things ever. Not only that, but why does the Night King need to touch the dragon?
0: He doesn't, right? He, we saw him at Hardhome just wave his arms and everybody stood up. That
1: That's the one That's the one complaint I keep hearing so much is that that was the most stupid thing. I don't know why that, of all things, was so stupid. The whole cliche of, like, the dragon opening his eyes. Like, I don't know why that... People have been complaining about this episode, and rightfully so, but they're lobbying their complaints at random directions. I don't know what, like... Like, because I... No offense to you, Boo-Boo, but, uh... Mm. I read my comment section,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> and... No, I read my comment section. Nah, oh, you don't.
1: <laughs> and uh, the one complaint—I don't know if you've seen this—the one complaint people are are, are throwing at is that George, George Martin's to blame for why this episode was not that great. Did you see this one?
0: Oh no! Uh, be- well, because
1: he's writing *The Winds of Winter* so slow that the showrunners have no more material to uh, to adapt. So they're forced to do their own thing, but their own thing sucks, so I guess we have to blame George for that.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I'm not saying, look, I'm not I'm not one to I'm not I'm not one of these, you know, huge uh George defenders. George is a human being. He makes he makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And yes, like him not putting out the books fast enough, him spending too much time at cons and and stuff like that and going yeah. to dinners with fans yes Go, right and going to dinner with fr- fans and, and enjoying all the spoils of of his success like absolutely <laughs> that fed into the fact that things are like you know that he the things haven't been released um so the question is is you know i don't know so is it partially his fault that he's not that he that didn't he didn't allow his own story to get finished sure of course of course um but I don't know some people are blaming him saying okay the thing he he did that was a mistake was giving them the outline mm-hmm. and that was a really big mistake because now he either has to release something that's going to have a similar outline and we're gonna we're gonna be reading Winds of winter going oh that's why they did that really stupid freaking move you know like what like hold the door like hold the door like was 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 powerful, but it didn't really make too much sense if you actually think about it in the context of the show. But we're eventually going to read Winds of Winter and find something similar with Hold the Door and go, "Oh, now we understand." Like George R. R. Martin gave away that plot point. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people are saying this with with the white with the the white dragon, like this white dragon. It's a little too interesting for D anD. d It's a little too bold.
1: That's so fucked up. Um, That's so fucked up to say.
0: And yeah, and so this, you know, so they say something this bold, this is probably going to be something from the books. It's like a plot point that George R. R. Martin gave away. Um, which, yeah, I think that's a big mistake that he gave away those plot points. Um, I mean, if, if you... But you honestly if you, if
1: fucking you, trust Dave and Dan to do their own thing and do it successfully? I mean, I will say this, like, the Ice Dragon thing, yeah, it seems a little cliche, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited to see, like, it in action...
0: Next season, um, oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same way that Fast and the Furious is fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, they both have Miss and they both are ridiculous. <laughs> but <sighs> though, though, I guess Fast and the Furious understands family a little more. <laughs> family. <laughs> everybody, everybody in Game of Thrones is like, "Fuck family." <laughs> But you know, I I think George R. Martin George R. Martin's mistake is that he thought he could finish fast enough. He thought he was going to be hand holding D and D um, the whole time. Right. Because him hand holding D and D through seasons one to three worked, or worked well enough. And the minute the minute he had to leave them because he had to go right, you know they they couldn't they couldn't do it.
1: It's funny too because. Apparently HBO trusts these assholes so much that they're willing to g- give give both of them carte blanche on the next series. And
0: uh, oh my god, it's the most it's the most dangerous, especially this political climate. Like what they're what like I can't even. It's no, hard not to, no, even no, to think be about fair
1: now to, to the people saying like you know that the, the series is racist or you know giving it back. first off, I'm not def- I, I hate defending them, but. You haven't seen it yet. I mean, not only that, but uh, this political climate is so fucking stupid and has gotten stupid in the last five years. I mean, there's a new Bruce Willis movie. Have you heard about this movie? That it it got, like, all the backlash because Bruce Willis is a white guy in Chicago killing black gangsters. And, of course, you know, certain political groups got on on his case for it. But the reason Mm. he's killing those black gangsters in the trailer is because those black gangsters shot up a little black kid and he's trying to get revenge. That's his whole thing. He's you know a vigilante. It, it's not racist. It's just you know it's if you're trying hard to see you know race in this, then you're gonna see it. but th- this is just a what if story. You know nobody's complaining about the man in the high castle.
0: well, it it's all about who's handling it and and the subject matter and and if it's gonna turn out well So, like, when, so
1: when should, see... should so, so should a, a, a black so should a black director handle
0: this? I think it's safer bet uh, because he's going to know the culture and know about what's 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 sensitive and and the plot points that he's trying to make.
1: But why can't why can't Dave and Dan have like someone on hand it's who's an advisor in this culture. They can't. I'm not
0: I'm not saying that they can't they, <laughs> I know I'm, 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 I'm giving you shit, don't worry about it. I'm giving you I'm shit. I'm saying that it's so risky. <laughs> it's like it's like look, let's say someone gave me a report and they said i'm just gonna pick something random they say okay i want you to go and i want you to write a report on the political situation in uh you know burundi okay where i can... burundi the fuck it's is a, it's a, it's... where's that it's an it's it's a country in africa shout out to burundi Woo! holy Budenbora. shit that's, a, that's an actual country oh my god yeah, just picking 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 burundi where burundi is, is, is that a whole that's it's, a thing! It's, wow, Burundi, it's it's East, East Africa, it's south of Rwanda, north of it's Tanzania. It's so
1: fucking East. tiny. That's that's got to be the tiniest country on the planet. But go ahead, go ahead.
0: So say say you said to me, Preston, I want you to do this movie about Burundi. You know, and it's like, okay, I can do a lot of research, and I might be able to do a good job on it. Mm-hmm. Sure, but at the same time. I've got to recognize that someone from Burundi is going to know more about Burundi than I know about about Burundi, you know? So, like, okay, say someone said to me, Preston Jacobs, and they said, okay, Preston, I want you to do a show about slavery still being legal in America, and I want you to, like, you know, portray it in an interesting way where you're making, like, good political statements— I'd be like, ah, like, even me, like, I used to live on the south side of Chicago. Like, I lived in a really bad, you know, black part of town. I, at the same time, I'm still a white guy. Like, I don't understand, you know, I've got plenty of black friends. I have black coworkers. At the same time, yeah, I don't understand black culture as well as a black person. I'm not black. <laughs> like, Like, this is the thing. <laughs> like, you're talking about, like, two white guys... Who, like, to write about a sensitive issue dealing with black people, ugh, like, in this political climate, like, God, you better bring in a lot of black people to hold your hand because they're going to get it wrong. Just like if I'm trying to do, a, like, a, a report on Burundi. Like, I'm just, I'm probably going to get a lot of things wrong because I'm not from Burundi. Like, bring in, like, just bring in people that, you know, you know know how to do it. Ugh. That that have lived and experienced that 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 know the that know the political statements that they want to make. You went off on your own fucking thing so much. I it's just it's <laughs> so dangerous. It's I it, look. There's a slim chance they might get it right, but. Uh... God, no! They're not. They're not going to get it right. But but all right, we're going to get back on this thing. I, but, I know. By the way, but this this relates back in this. Okay, I'll bring, I'll bring it back into Game of Thrones because, and this is the big thing because mm-hmm. we're we're talking about with Game of Thrones, what everyone complains about is, is the the gender stuff, the feminism stuff, and this is actually an example where George R. R. Martin is a man who wrote about feminism and gender and he did a lot of fucking research and he gets it mostly right. He he makes a lot of mistakes too. But he does a really good job. D&D have not done that research and so when you're talking about like feminism and Game of Thrones well how do you know they didn't do the kind of research wrong? Well, you can tell with the product that they've come <laughs> up with. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not – this is the thing. So I'm, I'm not saying that – like George R. R. Martin is proof that like a man can write about fe- you know, feminism and gender issues and do a pretty good job. Um, D&D are an example of two intelligent guys failing at it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, D&D are smart guys, but it's just like they're still white guys and they're probably going to fail at Confederate. They're probably going to produce something really offensive. There's a chance they might not. There's a chance, just like how George R. R. Martin, you know, really impressively succeeded with Ice and Fire, on gender. I just, I just, I just don't see them succeeding on race with with You might piss uh, off
1: a lot of people saying that, but understandably so.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: well, it's let, just, let, let's oh, it's just so worry. Let's move it back to to uh, yeah. beyond the wall for a minute. So, I think we covered a lot of things, and what we didn't cover here, we've already said in the spoiler uh, episode, I mean, the one thing a lot of people have thrown at me, which is kind of a criticism, not really, kind of, not really, is the, uh, is the, I just just read a comment, like, right before we started this, saying, some guy goes, yeah, what would you do with all the budget? How would you make the episode better?
0: Oh, God. Okay.
1: (laughs) I can take a crack at it. How about that... Well, here's the thing, though. Can the dragon... Oh, this is going to walk into weird territory. Can the dragons even be near Winterfell? I mean, wouldn't the cold kind of be harmful to them?
0: I don't, we don't know. Like, there's, there doesn't seem... We don't know about how, you know, ice and fire interact. Well, whatever. This, I mean, I mean. A, a, in every... Well, actually, actually, if we go with the book, Good Queen Alisane flew her dragon north and stopped at winterfell and stopped at the towers on the way to the wall so dragons can dragons can go to winterfell and can go north of the wall okay fine like we know from good good queen Alicent that she did that
1: okay fine so the criticism i got thrown at me the, the whole thing someone threw at me was well, what would i do in this position fine the way i would do it is i would have danny either at the wall or at winterfell you know her, her friends and her allies are going off on, like, this insane mission. So to have her on standby, just in case they get into trouble, is, is, is nice. I w- that's what I would do with this episode. You know, she doesn't need all three dragons. You know, maybe just leave one of them behind or whatever. But she's there with two of them, at least. And as kind of like a show of goodwill, you don't even need to bring Davos. Leave Davos back at the wall. Have him and Tyrion have, you know, their own little discussion. I would also have Benjen come in and save them. When they're like you know fighting the the polar bear, like that would make more sense, and then give him more screen time, and it would also make sense that when Gendry needs to like you know run back to the wall, Benjen can just give Gendry the 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 horse, and Benjen also sacrifices himself to stop the uh, the Night King, but that goes completely wrong.
0: <clears throat> well, that's the thing is is this season is kind of by definition contrived. Like we kind of know. That everybody's like, okay, D and D wouldn't be bold enough to do White Dragon by itself. So let's, you know, suppose George R. R. Martin told them, hey, there's going to be a White Dragon, and so the entire season they're like, okay, how are we going to get Danny north of the Wall with a White Dragon? And so they had to kind of invent this illogical mission in order to get to White Dragon, right? And so everything kind of goes backwards from there. So the question is, how would you get to White Dragon, in a way that's a little more interesting? or logical than
1: I'll t- I'll tell you right I'll tell the you how right seven. now I'll tell you how right now Gendry gets back on Benjen's horse and someone actually sent this as a message to me on how he would have done it as well so I'm so shout out to uh to Loco for that one this guy's name uh, so what he would do is he would have Danny come in Viseron goes down and Benjen can't come with Danny because the wall won't allow him through but he's going to stay behind and try to light Viseron on fire. Because he knows fully well what a fucking white dragon can do. And as Benjen goes to light Viseron on fire, spear right through the chest.
0: I mean, I would have simplified it and just said, <clears throat> um, right from the beginning, like there's an army north of the wall, of of whites, and then Danny would say, "Really, let's go see him." And then she flies north, and I'd take it Have time. We could stop at Winterfell, things like that. And then she would go north, and they'd be, like, flying around searching for this army. And then they find it, and then, then she gets stabbed, and then the dragon dies. And then you could have an interesting story of, like, Daenerys and Jon returning to the wall and trekking over the north, and then they could fall in love talking to each other. because That wouldn't like work. I'll tell you why that wouldn't work, no?
1: because that is exactly what happened with John and Egret.
0: Well, I, this is like poetry, right? It all rhymes. <laughs> that Lucas <laughs> reference. <Ugh. laughs> I, recently, but, I recently you know, watched uh, uh,
1: Mr. Plinkett's... uh oh, Plinkett? I, Yeah, uh, I watched his uh, Force Awakens. He was so... He wasn't as brutal as he was with the prequels, but uh, he he was still uh, he was still pretty up there.
0: <laughs> but I'm just I'm just saying there are 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 you know less contrived ways, you know just
1: saying. Well, well, uh-oh. well, John and Danny uh, trekking through the north that wouldn't work because people would complain that we've seen it before. John and Egret, and I was gonna say to you earlier how I went back and actually watched the scenes with John and Egret, and how uh, you know their little flirty scene in season three where she goes, yeah. "Is that a palace?" No that's a windmill. A windmill who bit it? some king like like that's that's like you know they're flirting you know and she and he says yeah. how you know I want to put you in a cute dress yeah yeah so i can rip it off of you if you rip my dress, I'll blacken your eye. Like that's I love that scene. That's such a cute little scene with those two. Well,
0: cuz cuz yeah, as I said, Rose Leslie is just such an incredible actor. And she can I mean, if you actually if you actually go through the the lines, like the, the dialogue isn't even that great, but she makes it all work. Mhm. She you know, she makes it work so as well. As the tomboy she, to to spark up the uh, yeah, she car- she carries Kit Harrington. She she ma- she brings like Kit Harrington is clearly a guy who can who who feeds off other actors, like he is actually. You know, I give I give a lot of shit about Kit Harrington, but in scenes where he's with good actors, he can act. Mm-hmm. In scenes where he's with bad actors, he can't act. He feeds off of other people. So if you go back, his scenes with Rose Leslie, because Rose Leslie is fucking top notch, are pretty good because he feeds off her energy. He feeds off her acting energy.
1: Not only that, but it also helps when. Uh... Cause, cause throughout they were dating throughout all of season three, I believe. So it also helps that yeah. she's into him in real life and on the show. So that yeah, that yeah. that that is a major help. But now that you've said this, let's go to to Danny and John at the very end. What was your criticism of oh, Danny God. this entire episode? She's sad because you know she uh, what was it?
0: <laughs> she's sad, and we can tell she's sad because she's acting. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> she's such a her god she just does blank face on everything it's just there's i mean and i mean part of it is you know she has a lot of botox but uh, does she? i don't want to get oh god her whole face is botox are you serious yeah, and, and, oh yeah and she's got the, the collagen lifts. i don't want to be too i don't want to be too like like you know calling you know people out on that because because it you know it's bad it's because I understand that it's tough to be a, to be an, an actress and and dude, you know, Amelia Clark is want, still
1: in her early 30s. Like she
0: doesn't even need she's, Botox. O- she's only 30. She's 30. She's 30? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, look, all, all of them have to do this. Like like Jennifer Lawrence's face doesn't move, and she was getting Botox at 23. It's preventative Botox so that they they don't get wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand it's hard because because. You know, you turn 23 in Hollywood and they're like, OK, you're out. You're too old, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, I, recently Maggie Gillenthal was was fired from a movie because she was nearly 40 and her boyfriend in the show was going to be 50 something. And they're like, oh, you're too old for him. Like, what? Like, she's 40 and he's like 55. You know, like, but <laughs> she was too old. So I, you know, I get it. I understand why they have to do this. Like, but at the same time, it makes their job hard because she can't actually physically do any expression on her face, mm-hmm. and she's chosen this, this, uh, this. I need to be pensive. I need to be strong, stoic kind of thing always. So, it, it was it was a really bad choice for for how to play Daenerys, um, but she showed no emotion that when when viserion died she showed no emotion with with john it it, it was nothing just blank blank face what, what was the thing you said uh you said what was the thing you
1: said uh you thought i was watching your review and you're fucking
0: ridiculous you thought john snow for a minute died there because Oh my God. And I got so many messages from people that are like, I thought the same thing. I was like, Oh my God. Cause there was this moment to go back and watch it. Cause there's definitely a moment where he just kind of like, like, you know how like the, the, the and then people die yeah. and they kind of like stare off. He does it. He's like staring at her. And then all of a sudden he goes like completely lifeless. And then she lets go of his hand at that moment. And it could easily be like, Oh, he died. And that's the moment he died. And then they flash back to him, and his eye twitches, and you're like, "Oh, he's alive!" <laughs> he's so expressionless, like, "Oh my god, it's so hilarious!" Please go back and watch the scene. I gotta go back and watch that. Di- I, re- I didn't he notice that. Dies, he dies. He, he fucking dies in the middle, and you're like, "Oh my god, he is!" He, he gave so little emotion that I thought he died. <laughs> it's please, it's. You cannot watch it without laughing now, because it's like,
1: it's so there. When he called her, when he called her Danny, I, that was so cringy to me.
0: I don't know, like, I was a little bit of a sucker for it, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, no one calls her Danny, so... Who was the last person who called for, her Danny? was that her brother? It was her brother. No one else calls her Danny. I mean, in the book, she's Danny because... You know, it's from her perspective, and so Danny walks across the room. But yeah, no one, no one calls her Danny except for except for Viserys.
1: So Danny John romance—that's definitely in the in the—that's the, definitely gonna happen now. Unfortunately, uh, d- dress falls, wall falls. God, um, <laughs> <laughs> like like we just said about John and Egret. That was earned. Egret was into him. Um,
0: I don't know. This doesn't really feel earned. It really doesn't. It really does not feel no, earned. No, no. And you know they could have done it. All they had to do is add a couple more parapet scenes, and I would have been on board. You know, like walking along the parapet, and oh, there's Danny. Let's talk about, you know, being a boy at Winterfell, and you you following around Viserys. Is as the beggar king like all you needed was like a couple scenes where the two of them like talked about their childhood and like had something in common
1: i, I feel like yeah. i feel like if the two actors went off and did their own thing went off script a little bit and just discussed certain things as in, in their own characters not going on the lines that also would have been nice too i've seen i've seen i've seen times where actors do that in movies where they you know improvise and it, and it turns out to be great
0: the the number one rule of of film is show don't tell, and the problem is is they they only told us about their love, right? We find out about we the inkling of them being into each other comes from Davos talking to John saying, "Oh, you were staring at her chest," and I never we never saw that before. And then there's a smirk that Danny gives to Miss Sandy. And that's it. And then later Tyrion says, oh, Jon Snow stares at you. He's in love with you. Like the best we had was like him grabbing her arm and showing her a, a fucking cave dude. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it's, it's, uh, there was no established love. And so it's, uh, it, and they only needed two more fucking scenes. It, they could have easily cut some Winterfell shit. That's
1: true. Um, I mean, I, I mean. Like the the most recent video I, re- I I I just uploaded, do you think this is because the episodes, the season itself seems a little rushed because it's only seven episodes? Do you can, you think it's because of the HBO curse, where as time goes on, HBO shows start to decline in uh, you know certain aspects. Or nah, I think they've just gotten lazy. Do you think it's gotten lazy? Do you th- but do you think it, the yeah. reason they got lazy is because of franchise
0: fatigue? You know what franchise fatigue is, right? I think that yeah, I do, but I think they got other things going on. I think they got. I think they I think this. I mean, I think it's everything. I think D and D are thinking about Confederate and how much they're gonna fuck that up. And, <laughs> and all of the actors are getting paid millions, and they all think, "Oh, I only have to do one take, and I don't want to be on the set that long." Um, Lena Headey is the only one putting in any effort anymore. <laughs> you know, it's it's it's. Uh... I don't know. I think I think people people get lazy and they, they you know, they rest on their laurels. That's what I think it is.
1: I think it's franchise fatigue from their uh, not from the fans. The fans are as devoted as ever. I mean, HBO keeps breaking records with these episodes left and right even after they fucking leak. I think it's franchise yeah. fatigue from the showrunners because you know, they've been doing this for 8 years. And even though we have 7 7 seasons, one a year a season. I'm still counting one extra year for you know the, the pilot that they did where Amelia Clark wasn't Daenerys. Did you hear about that?
0: No. Yeah. 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 So they've been doing that, that. No one will ever see. Yeah. yeah. I, oh,
1: I hope they release it for like the special entire series collection Blu-ray for like three hundred or whatever. All right. All right, but let's wrap this up, Preston. Guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Once again, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out there. Follow either myself or Preston on Twitter for all updates on the next podcast episode. Be sure to leave your thoughts down below, and we may cover them in a future episode. But once again, guys, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.